What's up, everybody? Wildy Noob is back on the podcast. I've been busy with work lately, so I haven't been able to join. But excited to be back here with the Commissioner Colin, as well as the OP Garrett. So we're ready to roll. Yep, we're going to get right into it here. It's uh, going to be an interesting week with a big five-way tie at 7-3. and three. I've never seen that before, but obviously, as must happen, there's going to be a few matchups here this week between tied-up teams. We'll start off and just get this garbage matchup out of the way with mine and Jay. Uh, Jay actually looks like he could uh, make a run here for a playoff spot, not even the points for. On my side, I don't have, you know, I was looking through, um, you know, top, I think, 10 players in each position are labeled can't cut players so that you can't just get pissed and cut them and ruin, you know, the integrity of the league. I, I don't have a single can't cut player on my team. <laughs> I really know upside. Playing a lot of fillers. My four best options in the uh, you know this year so far in Larry, uh, Devonta, AJ, and Cup, uh, and Jordan. Actually, five Jordan Howard. Really, you know, with Cup getting either gotten injured or just been garbage. So uh, it's just been a real throwaway year for me. But anyways, on the other side, we won't talk about me. Uh, Jay. He's got Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks. I mean, against Kansas City, that's going to be a huge game with points to go around there. Um, since we're recording it on Friday, we already saw Devontae Adams put a huge score. I mean, looked like Rodgers' only target. They were just on point all night. Uh, ended up getting some, you know, points out of Lockett on that one drive there to beat his projection. Corey Davis, I think, without a lockdown corner, uh, has a pretty solid ceiling this week, especially showing that he could take a lockdown corner against Stephon Gilmore last week. Joe Mixon, down week last week, got another good defense, and he's dealing with a knee injury. Um, looking at his latest update, he was removed from the injury report, but it's still concerning against a tough D. But Deion Lewis has a good matchup against uh, Colts D that's been letting up a lot of points, a lot of high-scoring matchups with Luck just having to keep the team in there. So I think Lewis will get some good work. They're still giving him a lot of carries, even though Derrick Henry's been getting the touchdowns. Those have just been kind of matchup-dependent. Vance McDonald is a tough week, but they could rely on him with uh, the lockdown corners that they have there in Jacksonville. And then uh, Lutz and Charger D. I think Charger D has a little bit of low score potential if the Ram or not the Ram, sorry, the Broncos can uh, put up a decent score um, with, you know, Cortland Sutton hoping to take on a bigger role, but it's definitely a solid play there. Um, what do you think, Garrett, of uh, Joe Mixon this week and dealing with some knee soreness? Well, like you mentioned, Baltimore's been a pretty good run defense thus far. <clears throat> Coming off the bye, I think they can only be you know, pretty solid, especially at home against the Bengals, who are just coming off of one of their worst games this season, getting blown out by New Orleans at home. Uh, I think even more so than the injury, I think it's more concerning that without A.J. Green, I know he practiced in limited fashion by Dottie plays this week. Uh, their offense just isn't as scary and kind of ruins the spacing for mixing a little bit. So I don't see him doing too much this week. Yeah. Uh, David, do you have anything to add on either side of this matchup here? No, I think you guys covered it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I think Jay has a fairly easy win. I mean, I don't think my team really has much of a shot. I think they're a solid bet for 100 to 120 each week. But outside of that, I think you just have to put up a decent score and you have a pretty solid win, whoever is lucky enough to play me the rest of the season. Because uh, I think – what the next two weeks are the people you played in the first two weeks of the season. So the few lucky people who get me twice a year, but we'll move on to more relevant matchups here. We got Kurt versus Andrew, Andrew lucky to get the win last week against me to break that losing streak he had. But uh, Kurt, you know, putting Dak Prescott in there, I don't think it's a horrible move. Um, it's a little ballsy, but against Atlanta's horrible D and with him, you know, connecting with Amari Cooper more each game, I think that's got some solid upside. Like Evans, I think, is going to have a pretty solid game. Janoris Jenkins has been pretty bad in coverage this year. Golden Tate, I think, is going to actually step into a pretty good role, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Crabtree against Cincinnati, uh, I think Baltimore is going to lean on a lot the run game a lot. Melvin Gordon is, you know, definite option or definite lock every week, especially against Denver's D, who's been, you know, beaten by the run a good amount this season. Carryon Johnson, I think, has been seeing a lot of work even in down games, even with Theo Riddick there, he's getting a lot of receptions. So against Carolina, he's got a pretty safe floor. Kyle Rudolph is really the 
one that's been underperforming all year. But I think um, Alex Collins, you know, we've talked about him being left in the goal line, but especially if Lamar Jackson ends up starting this game, I think they're going to lean a lot on the run. Uh, and Cincinnati's defense has been bottom five and against every position in fantasy this year. So I think he's got a lot of upside. But then Andrew's team on the other side, despite the uh, losing streak, still remains one of the biggest upside teams in the league. Um you know, pretty soft at running back lately, but Ingram, even though he's hit or miss, has a lot of potential. Then the Drew Brees, Mike Thomas stack every week is just a potential threat for 70 points. T.Y., I think, is a good bet this week. Uh, it's just going to be a question of whether Adoree Jackson can keep up with him. He is a very fast cornerback, one of the fastest in the league, so that's a question. Amari Cooper, I think, has a great matchup against Atlanta. Um, but like I said, Ingram uh, against Philly is going to be a tough matchup. They've been one of the best against the run. Smallwood, not very involved. Jordan Reed has really been disappointing this year. But uh, Sammy Watkins, if he can come back against the Rams, I think could really uh, lead Andrew to a victory here with a good 20-point game potential there. Um, David, do you have anything to add on either side here? Yeah, I think Curtis takes this week. I think Andrew is the kind of the last of these stubborn players to not make a trade, and I see it really hurting him this week. I mean, you're starting Wendell Smallwood, who I dropped um, – a long time ago because he's been pretty inconsistent. Um, and then you look at his bench and he has Stefan Diggs and Sammy Watkins, so he can only play one of them. So I think his stubbornness and not making a trade is going to be what pushes Kurt over the edge this week, um, even with Kurt giving up a pretty terrible trade to Jay. Um, I still think he has enough to get it done with Melvin Gordon. Like you said, on Johnson is, is starting to emerge. Um, Evans is always a big upside play. So I think it'll come down to Tate and Crabtree um, versus Smallwood and Watkins. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think after this week, the trade isn't going to look as bad. I think Joe Mixon has another down week. And I, like I said, I'm going to explain later, you know, obviously I've alluded to it. Golden Tate's going to be my pick of the week. I think he's going to really kind of explode with this offense, this matchup and some other stats I'll talk about later, but I, again, I don't think it's as bad of a trade. I mean, talent-wise, yes, but situation-wise and schedule-wise, I don't think it'll be uh, look as bad at the end of the season, I guess I'm saying. Garrett, do you have anything further to add here? Yeah, I think I agree that Tate should see more work. But on the other side, <clears throat> Alex Collins, even with a favorable game script against Cincinnati, even if Lamar Jackson starts, He's only really been proven valuable. You know, he's the definition of touchdown dependent. He's only hit double digits when he scored a touchdown, really. Um, Jarvis Landry's been – I mean, he's on by this week, but I don't know. I don't want to keep passing that trade. But on Andrew's side, I agree with David that his running back situation's questionable at best. Ingram's been shown to be a bit game script dependent. And if New Orleans can get a big lead on Philly, he should have a solid week. But Smallwood, in place of Michelle, is just – I'd almost be tempted to start Royce Freeman, but it's just a bad situation. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bad spot to be in. I think that's going to lose him the week. Also very interesting to see him <clears throat> Sid Diggs with Thielen kind of hobbled. I feel like he should probably work away in that lineup somehow. Yeah, I'm, I would imagine, I mean, especially with it just being a rib injury and not a lower body injury like Diggs has dealt with a lot over his career, I would think he had just been sitting him until he got confirmation and just was kind of not – had any urgency to replace him, but I'd imagine you'd play Diggs over Watkins there for sure. I can yeah. see wanting to get Watkins in that lineup, but with the injury risk and the other talent you have there, I could see playing him over Amari or T.Y., but with Amari's matchup and just T.Y.'s potential to break off a long touchdown, I think hit the bench this week. Yeah, you could trade Diggs for someone like Marshawn Lynch or something like that. Get just like a solid running back. <laughs> Bringing it up again. Um, well, I mean, Jay picked him up, so he must have some value, so. Yeah, right. Um, all right. If you guys are good, we can move on. We got next, James versus George here. Um, James with old Pat Mahomes, the ketchup master. I don't know if you guys saw that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Puts ketchup on yeah. everything. I I didn't think it was that weird. I put ketchup on a lot of weird stuff as a kid, but I, mean, I acknowledge that it's strange, but well, it's still fun. I think the dumbest shit is that – Hines tweeted him out that he gets lifetime ketchup if he hits some like uh, some random touchdown mark. It's like how many, yeah. yeah, how many fucking bottles of ketchup do you use in your life? Like max two a year. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he's not saving too much money there. I feel like just with his voice though, anything he says is just more funny. 
Oh yeah, I know. Fair. You, you know what? Talking about the voice, I uh, for the first time ever today listened to Troy Palomalu have an interview. Didn't know that monster talked like a baby child. You know? Yeah. You guys ever heard him talk? Like, yeah. I just, think I, just he, think I should dedicate my life to God. He used to do those Head and Shoulders commercials. Yeah, but he he didn't talk like that, man. I don't know. It just it shocked me. But uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, well, yeah, like the fucking multimillionaire needs savings on a two dollar bottle. Yeah, of exactly. Anyways, we'll uh, <laughs> move on. So Mahomes against the Rams gonna be a blowout matchup. I think highest over under possibly of the year. I think it was sitting at sixty one last time I checked, which is extremely high. Um, Robert Woods is low key actually been one of the safest receivers all year. He's only had. Uh, I think one game with less than 70 yards all season. So um, just really reliable there and really only room to go upwards against Kansas City. Galladay, now that Marvin Jones has been declared out, I think he's going to see a huge target share. There's really no corner that can match with his talent. I think he should at least get in the end zone once. I could easily see twice. I definitely thought about making it my lock of the week with Marvin Jones being out, but it kind of seems almost like too easy. Um Deshaun Jackson still hasn't connected for a long bomb since uh, early season, but against the Giants with Janoris Jenkins on Evans, it's always possible. David Johnson's going to have a great game against Oakland, no question there. Oakland's defense is trash. They've given up on the season. Doug Martin, uh, you know, definitely could be a sleeper this week against Arizona D, but I don't see them sticking with that game game script for too long. Jack Doyle, even though Ebron's got the touchdowns, getting way more of the snap share, target share. Ebron hasn't eclipsed three targets last two weeks. And then Tyrell Williams, just another deep threat. Um, but on the other side, George, he's got Cam Newton in there, really good for him, been pretty solid all season. Devin Funches, kind of hit or miss. Uh, depends on whether Darius Slay plays. Um, he hasn't been that great against lockdown corners. I know Garrett's going to talk about Sterling Shepard later in a great matchup. John Brown, as long as they don't get up early, should probably have a fairly decent floor. Uh, Tevin Coleman against Dallas. Uh, hasn't been has been a pretty solid matchup against the run, even with Sean Lee been dealing with injuries. But uh, you know, it gets to be a high scoring game at home. I could see him getting a lot of work. Fournette should uh, at least get a touchdown. I'd imagine pretty safe floor. I think Evan Ingram's got a safe reception floor. And then Lamar Miller has been seeding carries to Blue the past couple of weeks, but I think he's still a fairly safe play, uh, even though. Uh, you know what, actually, now that I say that thing about Washington's D, they have one of the best run Ds in the league. Could kind of get away from him. I think he's probably got a six- to eight-point floor, but not much upside. Um, I feel like I talked a lot on that one. But, uh, Garrett, take a, do you have anything to add here? Um, yeah, I mean, things have finally kind of gone James's way. You mentioned Robert Woods, been a solid receiver all year. Now gets kind of possession role with Cooper Cup going down. Galladay being, you know, potentially benefiting a lot from Marvin Jones being out. I think it's just sad how much James spends on these running backs. He just can never really play like Josh Adams. Is it this week? Like I get it. New Orleans is a tough matchup, but you're still going to play Doug Martin on the road against Arizona over him. It's just difficult. But um, that being said, I think Georgia's team actually has some good matchups too. Uh, John Brown depends on who's the quarterback, but Cincinnati's a pretty good matchup. Sterling Shepard, like you said, really good matchup against Tampa. I think Fournette's only going to get better. Um, I think it's just a question of the worst receivers. So in this case, Djax versus Funches, depending on if Darius Slay is healthy or not. But other than that, it's pretty close, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be one of the tighter matchups of the week, I'd imagine. Uh, David, do you have anything to add on either side here? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I think Garrett hit on it, but pretty sad to see Doug Martin starting. We got two players this week who have, you know, are starting scrap that I dropped off of my bench, and then simultaneously I pick up Chris Thompson for one dollar. It's like you guys got to fucking pay attention to the waivers. I realize Chris Thompson isn't starting, but still, um, I don't know if he's playing anymore. Is he still hurt? Yeah, he's hurt. He's not playing this week. I'm just saying, even not picking him up for teams that are starting these garbage running backs is like yeah. kind of ridiculous to see. Um, but hey, moving wait. on. What, wait, what's up? I think Chris Thompson, sorry, is a better pickup for people who like Garrett or Manny who are locked in the playoffs as somebody who can come back deep in the season. I mean, there's people like James who need to win now high points. You can't even waste your time thinking about those guys. You just got to think about playoffs all the time. Um, I mean, you know, it's easy for you up there at seven and three with that. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Future, but uh, 
people like us down here at the bottom got to think about the now. So uh, I can't knock anybody for not grabbing him, like I said in the group chat. But I agree. I mean, he's definitely could be, you know, a playoff winner down the line for sure. Yeah. Um, he was their number one receiver for a while there. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I agree. I think it just really depends on team needs. So I can't knock anybody too hard for that. But keep going. Sorry. No, that's no, that's fair. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it comes down to shaky matchups or not matchups, but shaky players and which players boom. So, for example, I think Deshaun Jackson. That's a shit show in that receiving core. I mean, you don't know if Godwin's going to go off. You don't know if Humphreys is going to go off. I think Evans is a lock every week, but outside of that, it's just mm-hmm. a shit show. Um, then I think, I mean, Tyrell Williams, that's, he's pretty boom or bust and hasn't had too many boom weeks this year. Um, then on the other side of the ball, I think Devin Funches is, you know, he's had two good weeks in weeks six and seven, um, which is his most recent solid weeks since then. Hasn't done too much. And a further go down the line, uh, John Brown, I think, has been a wild card this year. He started out hot, but since then, um, honestly, Willie Sneed has been a little bit more consistent <laughs> and productive. That being said, John Brown obviously has more upside. Um, so I think this is the game of the week for me. Um, it'll just remain to be seen how those players play out on you know both sides. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to end up being really tight. Um, I think one big boom game could uh, make the week, but I wouldn't be surprised to see like John Brown and Deshaun both go off, and then it just still comes down to the wire. Um, yeah, I think it's going to come within easily 20 points this week. All right, if you guys are good with that one, we'll move on to Jake versus Manny. Uh, another game that was really affected by last night. Uh, Mark Hasbell, the Scantling man, that was really rough. I started him in another league. I mean, I know I listened to a couple podcasts. One expert had him as their uh, wide receiver pick of the week. Really tough. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like I said, just looked like he was just targeting Devontae Adams all night, um, and they just kind of came up short, but really more Mike McCarthy's fault. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky against Minnesota is a risky play. He, um, before his nine-point week against Buffalo, his four-point stretch with, you know, 43, 28, 33, uh, I believe was the fourth best four-game fantasy stretch for a quarterback in history um, above Aaron Rodgers. Uh, maybe maybe third. I for, it, it was easily in top five, but it was a very, like, shocking stat. Um, he came back with another 36-point game next week. You know, he's actually looked better and better each week, so I wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, Minnesota's uh, secondary outside of Xavier Rhodes isn't the best. And, you know, if, if Matt Nagy can really do some kind of Sean McVay-type play calling that can line up some uh, – Mismatches, I really think Trubisky can actually really put up 23 points and not be too much of a shock there. Um, Julio, um, I think, you know, I was hearing a stat today that I think only once on the season, Dallas has let up two top 36 receivers from in one game, meaning that one receiver always goes off at most. And it could be Julio, but if they really lock him down with double coverage, I could easily see it being a Calvin Ridley game again. So if it's him, I think he's going to boom hard, but I think he could easily bust this week. So that's going to be something to watch out for. Uh, Sanders should avoid Casey Hayward in the slot and have a pretty good game. I think Lindsey uh, should, you know, get this workload and probably get a touchdown, at least get some receiving work. Uh, I know Dave will talk about Dalvin Cook a little bit more uh, later in this episode, but uh, Chicago is definitely going to be a tough uh, matchup. But we saw uh, on Johnson put up two touchdowns against them last week. So, Maybe not as uh, hopeless as we, uh, you know, have come to think against Chicago. Previously putting up, I think, two running backs on the season or maybe three of top five PPR points. They've been really good. Um, but moving on, you know, he had Seals Jones, who since uh, Byron Leftwich took over, has had a really high uptick in target and nine last week. And just, uh, his routes run have been increasing. So against Oakland's horrible defense, uh, really anybody on that team could get a touchdown this week. So I don't think it's a bad bet. And then Moncrief, you know, has had uh, a really high percentage of his team's air yards and targets. So really all around Jake's team, a little bit more boomer bust this week, but, uh, you know, still has a lot of potential. But going into Manny's team, we've just been a juggernaut all season. And it's really hard, even if you didn't have somebody play last night, uh, it's hard to look at 27 points out of Aaron Jones. But then with your guy going off for 1.8, you just got to be feeling crappy today. But, uh I think against Washington, Deshaun Watson could uh, 
you have a pretty decent game, but they have been a pretty good defense, and it's uh, an away game. Alshon Jeffrey should see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, um, and he's not shown to be super productive against top corners this year. Odell has a prime matchup. Nobody on Tampa Bay can even come close to covering him, so I wouldn't be surprised to see another two-touchdown game. Uh, Aguilar could get a lot of receptions uh, if he runs Brock out of the slot, I think, uh, which will probably be taken up by Golden Tate, but I think he could see at least four to five catches, um, put up a decent floor. Kareem Hunt, going to have a solid game probably. I can't imagine anybody in that matchup, you know, has a stinker. Travis Kelsey, same thing like I just said. And then Sanu, kind of the same thing I was saying with Jones. I think, you know, one guy is really going to get, you know, I think only one receiver on that team will probably break 10 to 12 points and everybody else is going to put up a pretty low floor. And I think they're going to just run it a lot with Coleman and uh, Ito Smith. Um, so David, uh, do you have anything to add on either side? I know you'll talk about Dalvin Cook later, um, but if you want to throw in anything quick right there, you can. Yeah, I'll talk about Dalvin Cook in a little more detail later. I think he will have a big week. Um, regarding the Atlanta receivers, I think it would be a huge surprise if Sanu is the boom receiver. He's coming off of three weeks in a row with 4.1 points, 8.5, and then 8.7. Then you look at the other side, um, Julio's had – 17 25 24 um so i think if there's one receiver it's certainly going to be julio is your best bet there um then i think nelson aguilar is a big weak point on manny's side um he just hasn't looked that great um ever since alshon jeffrey um reemerged in my opinion um and starting two philly receivers it's a little bit iffy in my opinion um, I think Jake's biggest downfall this week is obviously, I mean, we already know that the Valdez-Scantling um, versus Aaron Jones, that game script was terrible for him. But then also having to start Seals-Jones instead of Kittle. Um, I think Kittle really is one of Jake's biggest boom players and one of his most consistent uh, high scores. So I think Manny takes this week. Right, yeah. I forgot about Kittle down there and James White on the bye too. Is uh, Yep, very James good. White too. Um, Garrett, do you have anything to add on either side here? Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> promising for Aaron Jones to have a really big game, even then a loss against a pretty good defense in Seattle. For Scantling, it's actually – I mean, most things are McCarthy's fault, but the fact that they line him up in the slot actually hurt him a lot because Seattle's been one of the best – what's that? So, well, oh, sorry, I, I was just agreeing. That's not really his uh, style of play. He's a very big guy. Yeah, well, that and Seattle's been – hasn't allowed a single score to a slot receiver all year, so he's really kind of limited there. Um, I think I agree with the points about my dad's weaknesses in his lineup, <clears throat> starting two Philly receivers. It looks like a bad matchup, but New Orleans has been actually the second-worst pass defense while still being the best you know, run defense. But I think he's just banking on volume there regardless of – competition for targets Sanu I agree to is kind of a weak flex play against a pretty stout Dallas secondary but maybe he's hoping for more focus on Jones and Ridley from uh, Byron Jones and Awuzier maybe free up Sanu there but yeah Jake's team is really solid this week Uh, Lindsey Sanders finally back in his lineup even without James White he's got Cook in there like you said Ricky Seals Jones getting more involved with a more competent OC uh, Moncrief's actually been pretty surprisingly good this year. Uh, I guess it just depends on how much Joe Hayden he sees, but he should be a solid flex. Um, I think this is actually the matchup of the week for me. Two, seven, three teams. Obviously, kind of hindsight, my dad has a lead, but I don't think it's impossible for Julio Jones to race that. No, definitely not. And I think in terms of matchup of the week earlier, we were just kind of saying what's well, going to be the closest matchup of the week. Right. I think this definitely one. Oh, I think this is pretty uh-huh. close. Well, only because the only reason I don't think this is as close is because of the results of last night. I mean, that's a very like hefty lead. It's going to be kind of like a comeback story for Jake here. I don't think it won't be close, but I don't think it's a lock to be like a back and forth battle like uh, James versus George there. Um, and one thing I'll add too that I forgot is you know not that we can't, but uh, if you know defenses were something that we kind of considered for our locks of the week, I would definitely be picking Houston this week. I'm putting them in a lot of DFS between with JJ Watt there and Jadavian Clowney and that that line they got there, and then uh, Tyron Matthew is always you know a threat for coming in on safety blitz, and Washington's O line just being fucking horrible. I think four to five sacks is easily attainable for them, so I would not be surprised at all for it to be a low scoring game and they put up. 15 to 18 points. Yeah. 
So that could really help Jake, you know, like, like you're saying, I think Jake has a lot of sneaky options here. Yeah. Um, all right. So we can move on then. Next we have old Hopper versus Joe. Everybody's rooting for Joe here. Um, like we know, uh, (laughs) Rusty Wilson, (laughs) sorry, Hop, you did it to yourself. All right. Uh, Russell Wilson last night, um, you know, put up a decent floor, but we were hoping for a little bit more of a shootout game there. Just a lot of third down sacks going on and not a whole lot there. It's disappointing. Allen Robinson came back from his injury last week and really blew up, but uh, he could see a lot of Xavier Rhodes. If you look at his routes run chart uh, on routes that he's been targeted at least this year, throughout the year, um, he's really one of the most diverse players in terms of uh, where he lines up on the field. So I think he can be moved around, especially in a naggy offense, to avoid a lot of that. So I don't think it's something to shy away from and not start, but I think it um, is definitely something to be worried about. Uh, And then Thielen against Chicago, as long as the O-line can keep some pressure off of uh, Cousins, I think Thielen should be pretty – pretty good bet to take down those guys in the secondary. I don't think Prince and Mukamara can hang with him. Um, But, you know, the problem with uh, Cousins is that he's really a momentum kind of guy, so if they – get a turnover early or get down early, he can really get pretty frazzled in the pocket there and not be able to hit his receivers. So uh, with Thielen, I think this is um, one of his more boomer bust weeks, to be honest. Um, But we'll see what happens. Anthony Miller uh, playing him with Allen Robinson is going to be a little questionable. It's going to be hard for both of them to go off. I don't see it being a huge uh, score at the end of the day with two of the best defenses in the league. Gurley, I mean – it would be cheap to make Gurley your start of the week. Kansas City's defense has been horrible against pass-catching running backs, and he's the best in the league by far at it. I mean, what do you guys think here before we keep going with this matchup? I think Gurley is a 75% lock to get 100 rushing yards, 100 receiving yards, and a touchdown in each, right? I mean, that right there is, what, 32 points? Give him six receptions? I mean, that's, what, 38.4? I mean, am I wrong? Wow. Uh, it's Kansas City. I mean, They're horrible. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's hard to disagree. That's a huge okay, number, let me, though. <laughs> let me read some scores here. Okay, we got David Johnson, thirty-seven point three. Nick Chubb, sixteen. Duke Johnson, twenty-nine point six. Devontae Booker, fourteen. Philip Lindsay, twenty. Stony Michelle, twenty-two. T.J. Yeldon, twenty-six. I mean, if those guys can put up those scores, what the fuck is Todd Gurley going to do? Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, the same game, combined for 51.2 uh, points. Yeesh. Yeah. And- Kansas City has been the, – the lowest score has been uh, Joe Mixon against Cincinnati, or for Cincinnati, sorry, when he was coming off of, like, a knee injury there. And they were in a blowout. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's just been <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, if, you, if you're looking on your computer, click on the KC thing under Todd Gurley and look at those scores. It's atrocious. Tell me Gurley doesn't put up 40 points. Yeah, he I probably think- will. I mean – Gurley's lowest game of the entire season was 20 points. The guy is a freak. Like, yeah. I could see him going for 40. Yeah, I could see it's 35. Best, it's the best possible matchup he could have this year. But, again, those kind of the games, we know in fantasy, are the ones where he puts up 15 points. But, <laughs> just, I mean, you guys know, but, I mean, being realistic, I think he's going to put up 40 points. It's – is devastating, and if you couldn't tell by my tone, I am facing him in another league. But we'll move on here. Um, <laughs> that's you know, two other league. That's two other league mentions today. Oh, I know it's or it's it's bad. But uh, on top of Gurley, he has the uh, number one running back in the league, Peyton Barber. So oh. going Giants there, I think he's a lock. Uh, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean it offsets yeah. right. You got the shittiest running back in the league and the best. So maybe they'll right. average out to twenty. Right, he just wants to give Joe some hope there. Um, yeah, I mean, Peyton Barber, really low ceiling. Not going to keep going on that. I think Hooper, uh, he had a couple big target games early on. Then he got another 11 last week. I think the Atlanta Falcons kind of do this where they cycle through you know, their game plans here. But, again, I think Dallas are going to be locking down their receiver options. I could easily see another 8 to 10 targets for Hooper. Ebron, I mean, he's been getting these blow-up games, but the past two weeks he's gotten three targets each game since Doyle's been back, and his snap counts have been in the 20% range. So he's one of those guys where, like, if you don't start him, you feel like an idiot, but you can't rely on, you know, that kind of production coming out of that little bit of opportunity. Um, So it's tough there, but I don't think he, you know, really has any other options. So Yeah, but, uh, I mean, at the same time, though, if you were to ask me, like one player who has the most upside in Indianapolis other than Andrew Luck when they're in the red zone, I would give you Ebron, right? Like We didn't say Marlon Mack? No. Mm. I would give you Ebron. I th- I just think 
Andrew Locke just loves the guy when they're in the red zone. So I, I don't hate the play. Yeah, definitely not. It's just if he doesn't – I mean, last week he got three touchdowns, which is just one of those games. But if he doesn't connect on that touchdown, he's getting a six or an eight-point game. I mean, he's fortunately been able to do it a ton this season. But it's just uh, – you know, again, you can't play to lose like we've talked about. But it's just so hard to put a guy in there who's getting three targets and 15 snaps a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just – you know, it's 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 tough. But uh, in that, I mean, again, that's kind of what Jay was getting at earlier in the season when you have all these tight end options and you bench the guy in the week, he puts up 30, you play him when he puts up three, it just feels like shit. But that's what the game is. It's meant to make you go crazy. So <laughs> we'll move on to uh, Joe's side there. We got Carson Wentz against New Orleans. It's going to be hopefully a high-scoring matchup. Tyreek Hill against the Rams, another great matchup. Calvin Ridley, we talked about earlier with the Falcons receivers. I think there's going to – probably be one guy who really takes over there and he is really the next logical option behind Julio. So it could be one of those games, Tyler Boyd. If he sees a lot of the top, you know, cornerback covers there, it's going to be pretty tough. Um, I mean, he should run out of the slot a lot, but last week he kind of let us down. We, I think we talked about that in the preview matchup. Kamara is a great, you know, boomer bust option this week, but like we've talked about Philly is going to be, you know, one of the better running back D's, and if New Orleans at home can just run up the score quick, it might be an Ingram kind of game. Peterson against Houston is, you know, another kind of tough matchup. It just really depends on game script there. O.J. Howard, extremely talented guy. The Giants have always been horrible against tight ends, so, you know, another blow potential. Kind of just, uh, you know, I didn't even really need to go through that matchup. We've been saying – or not not that matchup, sorry, but that side of the matchup. We've been saying the same thing about Joe's team every year. Uh, God damn it. Same thing, same thing about Joe's team every week. <laughs> Sorry, fuck. Every week. I mean, he, he made the trade, which has definitely, you know, changed up his lineup a bit. But it's just uh, all throughout a very boomer bust, uh, you know, lineup, especially with Boyd seeing a lot of tough uh, matchups since the trade and Peterson dealing with injury and tough matchups. So, um, you know, David, what do you, you think is going to go on here? I think it's, you know, a mix of on hop side safe floor guys and then scrubs who could go off. And then Joe's team is just more or less a boomer bust option every week. Yeah. Um, how, how do you see this going down this week, especially seeing Russell Wilson just put, kind of put up that safe floor option? I don't even know how to predict this. This entire game is boomer bust. I think Joe made his team even more boomer bust when trading away Antonio Brown. Um, I get why he did the trade, but Antonio Brown is one of those guys you could you could rely on for pretty much 20 points a week. That's no longer in his lineup. So now you have Tyreek the Freak, you have Boyd, and you have Ridley, who I'd argue all three of those guys are going to be boomer bust this week, especially with the matchups they're facing. Kamara as well, since you have Ingram now fighting for carries. Um, yeah, this entire team is boomer bust. Same thing with Cohen when you look at it. You don't know if him or Howard's going to be getting the bulk of the touches, touchdowns, whatever it may be. That's a true backfield by committee. Um, so, I, yeah, I just think – Joe's entire team is boomer bust at this point. And then when you look at Hop's side, again, the two Chicago receivers, I think I dislike even more than the two Philly receivers to start. Obviously, Thielen and Gurley, I don't care what matchups they have. They're great every week. Um, And then Gurley, we already talked about his matchup. And then I think Barber is obviously going to keep him down, along with, you know, Hooper and Ebron potentially both having down weeks. So it's a tough game to call. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, definitely. Garrett, you have any? What do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely difficult. Joe's team has a lot of volatility, especially without uh, Chubb and Njoku in there as more solid tight end options. But I actually disagree. I think Cohen has a pretty favorable game script. Minnesota's defense has been good against running backs on the whole, but not as great against pass catching running backs. And that should be, you know, a pretty decently high scoring game on Sunday night. Tree Cohen always figures into. Naggy sets when they have to score a lot of points. Uh, that being said, I think on Hop's side of the ball, <clears throat> he's playing two Chicago receivers. Allen Robinson figures to see a lot of Xavier Rhodes, who's better against those bigger type body receivers. So maybe temper expectations for him coming off a big week. Thielen, like I mentioned earlier, kind of looked pretty human two weeks ago before his bye. I know he's been dealing with a calf injury, which will be interesting against Chicago. Um, but like you said, Gurley, just being a safe bet for 35, that's just so hard to bet against. Like, I'd almost put in Bar, I would almost put in Eckler 
just to make sure I didn't see like a three point game out of Barber. Eckler's but, been awful the last like couple weeks yeah. here. Yeah, but Denver's been pretty good, pretty bad against the run. I don't know. Yeah, Garrett. So I will ask you. I think you said you thought it was going to be kind of a high scoring game on Sunday night because uh, I mean, I guess two of the best defenses in the league with an over under with an over under of forty four. I mean, I think all kind of signs are pointing towards a twenty to seventeen finish. Why do you think it's going to be a high score? Maybe not necessarily high scoring over under wise. I'm just saying they'll be competitive. Like in the right, games okay. where Chicago's defense has blown them out, you don't see as much Cohen. A lot and, of offensive plays. You're saying. Yeah. So in okay. games where the I think I mentioned this before, where the Bears win by more than 15 or 20, Cohen isn't a big factor at all. But in tight games or games where they put up a bunch of points, he's pretty in it. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, well, we can move on then to the final matchup here. Uh, great one for this podcast. We got Garrett versus David. So on Garrett's side here, um, you know, we got Cousins against Chicago. We've just been kind of talking about I don't think he's got a big ceiling, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to keep it competitive. Probably a two-touchdown game for him, maybe 30 to 40 rushing yards. And Keenan Allen against Denver, um, as long as he kind of stays on the outside, uh, I think he should be fine. Maybe against Bradley Roby, he should be pretty good. Uh, Chris Harris has been pretty dominant out of the slot, so hopefully they kind of move him around to avoid that. Hopkins against uh, Washington is just, you know, he's been unstoppable. I think Josh Norman, um, you know, he's been you know notorious for this season tackling guys on long balls just to not – you know, take the catch and take the stats against. But Hopkins hasn't really been that kind of guy. He's just some really uh, short routes and works that kind of physical play. So I think he's going to have eight to ten reception floor this week. Uh, A.B. against Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey, I, you know, he's one of the best. I don't think he can hang with Antonio Brown. I don't think he has a huge ceiling, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him score and get five to six, uh, sorry, five to eight catches probably. And then James Conner and Antonio Brown, you know, kind of the same team in a bad matchup uh, on the road is tough, but I think they're going to lean on Conner a lot. So fairly safe floor out of both those guys. Barkley's got a great matchup. Ertz has got a great matchup. Mack, not the best matchup, but I think uh, he's a good bet for probably, you know, some goal line work if they can get down there. I think it should be a fairly high-scoring game. Um, and, then you know, you got Greg the leg down there in a probably high-scoring game. It should give you some points. And then on Dave's side, you know, had Baldwin go last night. Should have, like we were talking about, should have had a 35-point game. Freaking infuriating Rusty Wilson's uh, horrible throws there. But, uh, you know, take what you can get. At least this is his best game of the season. Then we got Andrew. Uh, you know, also, I think Baldwin, you know, historically has been a second-half-of-the-season guy. Um, so, I think he's a good bet to make a really solid run here. But uh, Luck should be a pretty good bet. To, uh, Tennessee's defense has been solid, but I think, should be a fairly high-scoring game with Tennessee's offense turning it on. Juju should avoid the top coverage there. I mean, you still should see some Boye, but he'll run out of the slot. So I think he should be fairly safe. Sneed is kind of the ultimate floor play there. But against Cincinnati, as long as they don't just, like we talked about earlier, run it up real quick, I think he'll get his five to six catches. Zeke against Atlanta, aside from Kansas City, the other best matchup in the league against receiving back. So his ceiling is unlimited. McCaffrey against Detroit, they've been bad against the running back. I think he's got a pretty solid four. Olsen against Detroit should have at least five to six catches. And Christian Kirk against Oakland, really solid ceiling. I mean, a really good bet to break one off against them, but I could easily see Arizona uh, getting up quick with a defensive score. Um, Home against Oakland, I I just don't see the need for him, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him disappoint. Um, So that's just kind of my take on it, but obviously Garrett's team is just a juggernaut going forward, so... David, I'll let you talk first and uh, kind of rant about Doug Baldwin if you want and kind of give your projection for the matchup. Yeah, to rant about Doug Baldwin, that's just – that's that sucks to see Rusty Trombone Wilson just fucking <laughs> lose – lose his shit like that. It's like, come on, man. Like two plays where it's just like – like you said, if both had hit, it's a 30-point game like I called in the group me. Um, I know I was kind of fucking around, but I was also kind of being serious against the Green Bay matchup. Um, especially with Baldwin coming out and saying this is the first time he's felt healthy all season. But, you know, that aside, I'll move on to the guys who have yet to play. Um, You know, I like where Juju's at. That's why I made the trade. Sneed, like you said, um, ultimate floor player. Um, Obviously not big upside, but that's expected. I think Zeke and McCaffrey in their matchups this week, just infinite upside. Um, Olsen's pretty good. Kirk, 
completely agree with your analysis. Um, I think he could have a huge game. He could also bust, uh, but I got to leave him in the lineup. Andrew Luck's pretty matchup proof. And then going to Garrett's side, I think the biggest difference in this game is actually going to be the third receiver. I think that's where the game will be, you know, make or break, right? I have Willie Sneed where Garrett has a Keenan Allen. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference. I think running back wise, Garrett's strong, but I would still give myself the slight edge this week. Um, then the flex matchup, it's pretty comparable. Obviously, you got to favor Mac there, but Kirk has a potential to boom. I think the tight end uh, matchup is a lot closer than the projections indicate. I think Olsen will be really good down the stretch. So, you know, I feel good about my team, but realistically still have to give the projection to Garrett. That being said, I think I can win. Yeah, I agree on the running backs, just strictly matchup based. I think you have the edge there, but McCaffrey, if he doesn't get those receptions, could kind of just kind of disappoint with a 15-point week. Um, Baldwin, you know, we all saw him say he was healthy, and, you know, it's just kind of got to take it with some skepticism. A lot of receivers say that, but he did look healthy. And if he is, I think he will be pretty solid down the stretch. And here comes number three. I said last night I played him in my month league, so obviously I'm happy. Oh, but, man. You know, it's tough. It's it's tough to really take a receiver. You know, I'm healthy because they all want to be out there and play. But he really did look good, so that's encouraging. Uh, Garrett, you want to give your analysis here? Yeah, I actually think David has a pretty good chance. Like you said, definitely has the advantage in running backs. Connor's got a tough matchup, even though Jacksonville has actually been. I think the past three out of four games they've allowed a 100 yard rusher. Kind of depends on game script there if Jacksonville can keep it close or not. But McCaffrey and Zeke, I mean. You mentioned the Atlanta matchup. Detroit's been just as bad, and McCaffrey should see even more work uh, coming off the last game where Newton kind of failed them. Go back to that more power-running scheme with McCaffrey at the center. Um, I disagree with the tight end matchup. I think Greg Olson, I mean, he's good, but Ertz proved last week he's just on a different level. And I think in a game where Phil is going to be down a lot, Wentz is going to be going to his butt buddy for a while in New Orleans. Um, but I agree. I think – Kirk's actually a pretty good boom flex play. I think it can be working hit to him a lot, especially as you draw closer to the season's end, kind of trying to, you know, work him in for next season to fill that Larry role. And Oakland's the perfect matchup to do it against. But um, I think it's actually pretty close. But, yeah, I think David hit on the head. I think Keenan Allen, I mean, it's just you go matchup to matchup, Hopkins versus Juju, AB versus, I don't know. It's yeah, tough. it's tough. Receivers are, yeah. Um, I do, like we we're saying, I do think Kirk is a smart play in this matchup because he needs all the upside he can get. And even if Godwin was fully healthy, I think he's capped out about 15, 20 points like he showed. So, I mean, in, a, in an expected loss, you got to shoot for some miracle games, you know. Um, yeah, but, I was, yeah, I was almost debating throwing in Jared Cook instead of Kirk. I wasn't really considering Godwin due to his health. I think the matchup is equally good because Arizona's defense is trash too. But like you said, Kirk just offers more of a boom. If anything, I'd go with Godwin over Snead just because you're not sure about the quarterback play you're going to see for Baltimore. But I get right. like wanting to say Flora as somebody. Yeah, I mean, Snead's just been too consistent. Like you look at his target share, week nine, eight, you know, we have eight, 11, seven, 10, seven, seven. Like he's just been a target hog. True, but that's a Flacco. Yeah, that is true. Right. Um, I mean, the the thing is there at this point, you know, if you were to somehow drop out of the top five, you would be no chance for the points for total. So I think you, of all teams, have nothing to worry about in terms of guys putting up a stinker if you already kind of know you're going to lose. So I wouldn't be, like, you know, mad at playing Godwin over Sneed, knowing full well that he could give you a zero, just because you can kind of take it, and it doesn't matter if you're already planning on losing. You know what I mean with that kind of mindset? Like, points four on your team don't make a difference. So, you know, in a game like this, I would shoot for max upside. And that's just that's just how I look at it. And I'm also one and nine, so, you know, fuck <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it, but got to stick with my guy. Yeah, what teams are, just real quick, what teams are actually on the bubble? Like, I'm looking, I see Hop. Hop and Andrew are kind of relatively in the same place. Then Jay's, like, a little bit down. And then Kurt obviously has the points. But not even, Kurt doesn't even have the points really anymore. So it was really just a race for six between yeah. Hop, Andrew, and Jay. 
No, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, so if you look at me, George, and James, we're all pretty much out of it. I mean, if you look at – you got to kind of consider who's the top scorer right now. is top at 14, you know, 13 there. Um, but Kurt is, what, 69 or, what, 67 points out? That's nothing – you could cover that in a week. So that's No, not but, all. I mean, uh, what, I don't, where are you looking at the points for, though? Like, at this point, I've had some – Really, really solid weeks in the past couple weeks. I'm at 13.25. Kurt's at That's 13. still lower than Kurt, though. Yeah, by 20 points. You but, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's I guess not, so, yeah. Like, but Kurt's the, lowest, Kurt's the lowest scoring guy who's still competitive, I'm saying. I'm saying you're, you're not a good shot for – you're not out of it if you fall outside of contention, but you're not a good shot for making the top. Or Kurt, I'm not saying Kurt is a good shot either, but I'm saying a 67-point difference you can make up in one week. Um you know, like me or George, who's, you know, got 1,200, we're not going to make up 200 points over the next two weeks, hypothetically. But Kurt making up 67 over the next three weeks, easily, you know. So I think outside of me, James with some miracle games, but realistically outside of me, George, and James, everybody has a shot at the playoffs. You don't You don't agree? I mean, 67 I, points I is enough know. to make I, up three weeks. It, it, it's it's not likely, but I'm saying it's not nearly. Like I wouldn't say Kurt is not a threat at all for playoffs. Yeah, I don't I, know. I just think the playoff picture is starting to come, kind of like come into the picture more here. I oh, think it, it's... it is. I, I think I think most likely it's Pop and Andrew battling it out for playoffs. But I think, right, I think you can safely eliminate me, George, and uh, James from the the playoff spot. Is what I'm saying. I think everybody else still has a shot. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. We're the only three you can safely say. <laughs> No chance. Yeah. Which team out of those three, Hop, Andrew, and Jay, would you pick right now for the sixth spot? Probably Andrew. I think, you know, as long as his running backs and Michelle, you know, Michelle's on bye this week and those late buys really suck. But it kind of, I think once he can get back to what he was doing early season, just getting like support of his running backs and just dunking on people with receivers, I think, you know, he'll have a good chance. And I really think Amari Cooper, if you look at Amari Cooper's matchups down the stretch, he has one of the best schedules for a wide receiver. Um, and, he's really going to kind of carry Andrew to either sneaking in by record or that playoff spot, worst case. I mean, Dave, your thought? Yeah, I think it's whoever – I mean, they need wins, right? So, I think it's whoever takes the win this week. I think that, honestly, yeah, I think it goes to Jay. I think Jay beats – Colin this week, and then Jay's kind of in the driver's seat. I think after the trade, his team's a lot stronger. So, I yeah, I have to take Jay. Well, so you, you're saying it comes down to wins. I mean, if you're looking at the 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 top five or who definitely have playoff spots, and the top five are seven and three. So best case scenario, one of those five and five teams would have to go at least two and one, and one of the seven threes would have to go two or one and two and then lose by points four. And looking at everybody, like as we said, aside from your team, who's even not looking as bad in points four lately, it doesn't look like some obvious bet. So kind of the way I was analyzing it was purely points five. four. Yeah, I was looking at the yeah. way I was looking more Even so, I take Jay. Less block. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of looking at the points four battle down here is how I was talking about, you know, Andrew versus Hop. Um, I, it's I'll, definitely, still, I'll still after, take Jay. Yeah, I think his team after the trade is just the best one out of them. I think he makes up the ground. I think, you know, I think Hop's chances at the playoff spot depend more on the other teams than it does his. I think his boom potential <clears throat> is really kind of lacking. But I th- so I think he's going to kind of float where he is in terms of a points per week basis. But I think Andrew and Jay both, and even Kurt both ha- or all three have a chance to, you know, if they can put up a 180, 190 week and really close the gap and then squeak it out. I don't think it's impossible, but I think Hop's really got a limited upside in terms of, uh, you know, running away with that lead, if you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I would probably put my money on Andrew slightly, but I think it's going to be close, like David said. Jay's definitely going to win this week. I'd put my money on Andrew this week. And then beyond this week, Jay has David, and Andrew has James. So that's a pretty guaranteed win for Andrew. Oh, yeah. Andrew I'm going has... to smoke Jay, so never mind. I yeah. take it back. <laughs> and then Jay has uh, Kurt, and then Andrew has Jake. So I think it's just going to come down to that schedule. But I agree, Hop is probably least likely. Yeah. He has Gurley coming up on by, so what the hell is he going to do? It's fucked. 
Right, that's true. And then you got to wonder how much they're going to really stress their guys down the stretch. I mean, it sounds crazy, but people have talked about them kind of resting their starters even as early as week 14, 15. So even if he does make playoffs, it's going to be really scary knowing that your best player might just fit because he's so fucking good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, so then lastly we can do before picks of the week, we'll look at the waiver wire here. Um, a lot of a lot of action this week. I scrolled down to really get uh back to the beginning of it here. Was there anything that really stuck out to you? I mean, I know Garrett was saying to me, Rashad Penny, I fucking put, you know, twenty one bucks down on him. It was more of just like uh he was the last guy, at least in terms of up to this week, that I could see being one of those breakout guys in the last four weeks and winning somebody a league. So just had to be a little troll and take him. Um, you know, not that I think he's worth that much, but just want to keep him out of everybody's hands. And he showed his talent last night. But uh, we got Josh Reynolds, uh, Garrett, yet again, I think. I think really Garrett deserves an award for his waiver wire work this year. I think Josh Reynolds. <laughs> Now that they know that Cup is out, could really put him in the game plan. He had a two-touchdown game. Um, you know, Kurt Dak Prescott for four. I don't think anybody was really bidding on that, but maybe George playing to win with four bucks for Arizona. I think they have one of the best matchups they could have against Oakland's pathetic team. Um, but outside of that, there's really not a lot that I see that really sticks out to me. You know, James picked up Doug Martin and Jeff Howerman. I think he could have a decent week, but it's Denver, so we could have two targets. Garrett starting to handcuff up with Jalen Samuels. Um, you know, I picked up Mariota, Garrett. We've talked – or not Garrett, sorry. Jake, we talked about Trubisky. Um, but, you know, David, you can talk more about Chris Thompson if you want. But outside of that, there really wasn't much on the wire this week. Do you guys agree? Yeah, there's there's nothing I really need to bring up. I like the Moncrief pickup, but, yeah. Yeah, Moncrief, uh, you know, really good. You know, kind of flows with Jake's receiver core there. There's a lot of robust, even though, you know, they're all – um, Moncrief says if Moncrief didn't have that zero point, you know, he had a one point six and two point four point week. But even that's not that bad. But when you see that zero, it makes you feel like garbage. But outside of that, he's been solid. He's had a fifteen target week, a ten target week. You know, he's got a really high floor or not floor, a really high ceiling. It just really deter- depends on game script. You know. Also, um, I just love seeing Jake drop Lev Bell. That's hilarious. Did he? Oh, that's so rough. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> Man. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys are good on that, we can move on finally to our uh, picks of the week. Um, so, as always, I'll go first. Like I alluded to earlier, uh, I'm going to go with Golden Tate. I think he's had a little bit more time. He's going to uh, kind of be more acclimated to that role. Um, if you guys haven't noticed the trend, a lot of my picks of the week this year have been picking on um, the Saints slot cornerback. Uh, uh, their slot coverage has been horrible all year. Slot receivers have just been dominating them. Golden Tate's one of the best in the business at that. And I heard a stat today on a DFS podcast. And, you know, I don't remember the exact numbers because it's so broad. Golden Tate, over his entire career, which has been pretty large sample size at this point, has actually um, all of his, you know, reception totals, yardage totals, you know, uh, yards per target, almost every total across the board has been nearly double when he plays uh, in a dome versus playing outdoors and playing in the Superdome this week in a high-scoring matchup against a team with a horrible cornerback coverage, horrible nickelbacks. I, I really think he's a lock for at least eight catches, uh, you know, I'll say 120 yards. And I won't say a score, but uh, I, I think he's going to have a really solid PPR floor. Uh, Dave, Dave, you want to go next? Sure. My pick of the week is Dalvin Cook. Um, I really don't think I ripped off Jake by – Pulling that trade, um, it was just more out of necessity. Um, I think Dalvin, even in a tough matchup this week, I think he goes for six receptions, um, I think 80 all-purpose yards and a touchdown, bringing him to 20 fantasy points. Nice, I can see that. Garrett? I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. Obviously, you'd like to see more out of him this year. Definitely George would have. But he's actually seen only less than seven targets two times his entire year. And a lot of that's been blamed on the Giants' offense. The offensive line actually did pretty well last week against David's Niners, only allowing Eli to be sacked once. Sterling saw a touchdown last week. He gets arguably the best matchup in the league against Tampa this week at home. Uh, They should be using whatever semblance of coverage they have left to try and stop Odell in what figures to be a shootout with Fitzmagic back there. I think Shepard could go for six catches, 80 yards, and a score. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, one thing is Reuben Foster was out last week, so that definitely helped the Giants O-line, but I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tampa, they have Brent Grimes back at this point, right? Yeah, but he's not going to see Shepard. No, I was, Some I was guys... curious. Um, you guys, uh, you ever seen his wife's uh, Twitter shenanigans? You no. know, you never seen Brent Grimes' wife, Miko Grimes. Fucking batshit insane. Constantly goes on Twitter rants, just like profanity lays, racist shit. At w- one of her Twitter rants, I'm shitting you not, uh, said, if you think Kate Upton is hotter than me, then you fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she is wow. insane. They've referenced in other podcasts. Like, if you say anything bad about Brent Grimes, she will go off on you on Twitter. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, Let's say something bad about Brent Grimes. Uh, just any, you know, like, literally just people on ESPN, like, if he blew coverage. Like, do you guys remember? Um, so it was actually the year of OB, uh, Odell Beckham's, you know, crazy backwards catch against the Cowboys. Brent Grimes had a backwards diving out of bounds, like very one yeah, catch, I remember that. and got no credit for it because Odell's was just like the catch of the year, and his wife was just fucking going nuts, like you fucking disrespecting Brent. That was the best fucking catch, and it wasn't a, a phenomenal catch, but she's just insane, like constant Twitter rants. You should check it out; it's actually really well, funny. <laughs> like Brent Grimes is terrible. Let's see what she does to me. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure, she's listening. She's the thirteenth listener. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. So finally, we'll run through all the matchups here. Um, we don't need to go to my matchup here. We all know I'm gonna get butt fucked here. It's not fun. You guys see my new team name. <laughs> uh, it's it's the truth. Um, despite the fact that I'm doing all right in all other facets of fantasy, this is all that matters to me, and I hate myself. So next, we'll move on to Kurt versus uh, <laughs> Andrew. Um, I think. Going to be a tight matchup here. I think Andrew is going to take it with his powerful receivers, but I don't. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kirk squeaks out a win here by ten or fifteen points. I think Andrew's going to run away with it. I think it's at least a twenty-point victory, <clears throat> even starting Smallwood. Yeah, this one is tough. I I don't even remember who I called when we were on this before. I'm going to go with Kurt though. All right, then we got. James versus George, another really tight matchup of the week. Um, I think I'm going to go with James here just because I think Kenny Galladay is going to have a really big game, and I think David Johnson is just going to get a lot of work in the beginning and garbage time and just really stack up a floor. Yeah, this is a close one. I think I'm going to go with George, though, just because I think Lamar Miller is a little safer flex. Yeah, I – Echoing what Garrett said. Yeah. Uh, next, we got Jake versus Manny. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Manny just because it's kind of a safer play here. Two really solid teams, a lot of talented players. But like we said earlier, wouldn't be surprised at all if Jake comes back with some massive scores and takes it. Yeah, it's going to be close. I think my dad comes on top of him. Yeah, I got to go Manny also, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jake takes it. Yeah. All right, and we got Hop versus Joe. Uh, Joe, I want it. I need it. Please give it to me. Please destroy him. Uh, <laughs> Garrett. Uh, I got to go with Hop. I'm just going to be in shock if Curly doesn't hit 40. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Joe, but again, it's a close one. Yep. And finally, we got Garrett the Juggernaut versus Dave here. Tough one for you guys. I mean, got to go with Garrett. There's no way to not go against an all-star team, but Dave shouldn't be hopeless by any means. I mean, got some real solid talent. Yeah, Dave's a good team, but mine's a, mine's a better team. Yeah, and I'm obviously going with myself because I'm the boss. But honestly, <laughs> when I like go down the line here, these are the closest matchups we've had all year. Yeah, it's definitely really, really evenly matched up teams in terms of talent and structure and stuff i'm sure andrew will be a little insulted to hear me saying that with him facing kurt this week um that's one of the matchups where it's not as equal in structure but just kind of in terms of what they've been doing the past few weeks it's definitely a closer one but um yeah definitely i mean you got a lot of close matchups going this week a lot of boom bust guys it's going to be i i think when we do this recap episode it's going to be a lot different than what we've said tonight so far but uh that's that's what makes it fun you know yeah this was a good one true 
Yep. All right, guys. Well, this was a long one. I think it was our first one to go over an hour, but uh, we got a lot in. I'm glad to have you guys both here. I'm glad to have David back. Uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday to recap the results. We're getting – can't believe it's already a week, what, 11? I mean, shit, playoffs are already coming up, and then we'll be done and miserable for another nine months. So uh, soak, it up, <laughs> soak it up while you can. I hope, uh, you know, George, Kurt, you guys who aren't looking good for playoffs are in other leagues like me, but if not, uh, man, I feel better. That's a third other league mention. What I'm doing in other leagues. That was just, uh, we all suck. So I hope you guys have other leagues. <laughs> hope you're hedging your, hedging no, I... your bets there. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Sounds good. Peace.